Hi. My name is Josh, and I'm a recovered from sexual addiction, and I'm an adult child of dysfunctional families. Mike is on, right? All right, we're ready to go. Good job. Uh, love the laughs. It's good to laugh, right? I mean, even when things aren't going our way, such is life, right? You know, we, we expect things to go a certain way, and all of a sudden, distraction comes, and oh, we can panic and get angry about it, or we can laugh about it a little bit at the same time, right? So... Uh, that's great. So today, uh, we're in step number three, and uh, I like to do little reviews, because we're in step three, but what did we do in step one and two, right? So in step one, it was the realization that I have issues. Do you have issues? I have lots of them. It's, a, it's an important step because you're realizing that you're not God in that step, that you, that you have issues and you're beginning to admit powerlessness in my life. See, there's certain things in life that maybe I have self-control, such as going to work and being responsible, but I might not be able to control that desire for a drink or that desire for that video game or that desire for pornography or that desire for anger to control the situation. In step number two, we realize that our hope is in Jesus Christ. And I hope you can hear that today because that is our main focus today. All right? So he has the power to help me heal that our answers, the best answers that we can get are outside of ourselves. Because, right, you think of answers internally, and are those always the greatest answers? I find far too often that that's probably a thing I shouldn't do, especially right there in the moment, because I sure want to do it. This step two is also a step where we realize sanity is attainable. Because for some of us, we were living decades in insane modes, right? In step number three, we made a decision to turn our lives and our wills over to the care of God. And I highlighted a couple things here. We made a decision, right? We made a decision, which means we can make an indecision, a non-decision. I can choose to be the Lord of my life if I want that. God loves you so much that he was willing to do that. I'll give you a choice. You can be the God of your life or I can you are given a decision to turn over your lives, which we're, we're, we're gonna get into this today. We're gonna unpack it today, but turning over your lives is a once in a lifetime experience. That I choose Jesus as God and savior of my life. And some of you might be thinking, step number three, I got this. This is good. I'm saved. We're good. I know Jesus. Uh, it doesn't leave you out, does it? Because what does your wills do at times? It goes, you go, we go sideways, right? So step three doesn't leave you alone, brother or sister in Christ, right? Turning over your wills over the care of God. This is a whole different animal. This is a daily aspect. This is an hourly aspect. This is I'm doing great, now I'm not because that person called me or texted me and now I'm going sideways, right? 
And my will was to take over and tell, let them have it and give them that text that I wouldn't say to their face, but because it's text, I'm going to send it anyway. And ah! Right? So our wills can have us go sideways real quick, right? So we made a decision, and I hope you make a decision. Because if you're sitting here in your chair today going, I, I just don't know yet. You're making a decision. You're making a decision to reject Jesus Christ. You can convince yourself all you want, but you're either choosing to accept Jesus or to reject him. And our hope and goal today is that you will possibly choose Jesus as your Lord and Savior of your life today. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Again, I urge you. So Paul is urging his, the, the people of this church in view of God's mercy. So we've got to look it through the lens of God's mercy and grace here. Right? If I'm going to adequately worship God, in view of God's mercy and his grace, I need to, that needs to be my lens. I hope you can catch that here today. To offer our bodies as living sacrifices. And again, I love recovery because it's a place where, where we don't ha have to play perfect, right? And that's truth. Not one of us in here is perfect. Every one of us, every one of us falls short, don't we? I, I looked on Google the other day as I was preparing for this lesson and uh, some of these movies I know and so, some of these I don't. I decided to title this lesson The Greatest Love Story because it is the greatest love story. We'll get into that in a little bit. But I wanted to see what Google said. And I, I looked up, because I'm a movie guy, I like movies, the top 10 Love stories of all time. Uh-oh. Some of these I know and some, some of these I don't. But according to Google, these are the top 10 greatest love stories of all time. Casablanca. Here's looking at you, kid. <laughs> all the Titanic. Yeah, it's funny. We're all going, ugh, vomit, right? Yeah, yeah. These aren't, these aren't my favorite movies, but according to Google, these are the top 10 greatest love stories of all time. When Harry Met Sally, Gone with the Wind, Four Weddings and a, and a Funeral, The Notebook, Sleepless in Seattle, The Princess Bride. Amen. Some of you are like, yeah, yeah, that's the greatest. <laughs> Crazy Rich Asians and Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> Top 10 greatest love stories of all time. What a list. Google has a shallow point of view, doesn't it? See, the top 10 greatest love stories, our world and our culture, our best form of looking at love 
is through a human-to-human relationship, right? And falling in love and meeting the right person and happily ever after concept, which is real life, right? Yeah. Okay. See, it's no coincidence the world chooses to look at human love as the greatest form of love. It's what it knows, it's what it thinks is the best form. But it's not. It's divine love. Because divine love is an area in which you and I don't deserve. We don't deserve to be loved. We rebelled, we spat in their face. We spat in their face. We, we, we chose to reject God. And yet he still loves. John 15, 13 kind of does it like a mic drop moment. You want to know what love is? There is no greater love than this. Some of you know it, Right? than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Uh, Who's that highlighting? I think we're gonna talk about him a little bit today. Because Jesus Christ was that sacrifice, that love story that is the greatest form of love that you and I will ever experience because that love is given in grace. It is not something deserved. It is not something that I can Hope for myself, it's, it's, it's laying it on the line that God, God's saying, I love you and I want a relationship with you. I'll take you right where you're at. Dysfunction and all, I'll take it all. All I ask you to do is trust in my son. And that's what's being asked of you today. If you've never made that decision today, make a decision You're either going to make a decision to accept Christ tonight if you've never done it before, or you're going to choose to reject him tonight. And for those of you trying to wiggle out of this, you're making a decision. The greatest love story of all time sums up in 26 words. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That, my friends, is the greatest love story of all time. It is not those shallow movies that we just pointed to a little while ago. We're pointing to the Savior who came down for you and I. See, God loved us so much that he was willing to sacrifice it all, didn't he? My perfect son, I want relationship with those sinners, and so I'm gonna send you from heaven to earth to suffer and die for them so I could be made right with them. That is the greatest love story of all, all time. And for those of you that are still struggling with this, do you ever stop and think about God? Maybe some of us have. Maybe some of us haven't. Where do you turn to when life hurts? Because oftentimes, when life stinks, 
We're looking to all the answers, right? Spiritualism, materialism, drug and alcohol, anger. We're looking for control. We're looking for all kinds of different things. And a lot of times we miss out on God here. But where do you turn when life hurts? When your spouse seems to be your greatest enemy? Where do you turn when your child goes sideways? Where do you turn when you lose your job? Where do you turn when you feel distant or from all relationships? Where do you turn? And that's what's being faced with today. So some of you might be saying, can you prove God's existence, Josh? You are, you are talking about this God thing. And yeah, we do talk about this God thing here in recovery. Can you prove his existence? I'm gonna say something very clear and I, and I hope it doesn't shock you. No, I can't. I can't put God in a test tube. I can't put him in a laboratory and go, hey, here you go. This is the right formula for God. He expands over all those things. Yeah, I realize that I can't, there's a lot of things pointing to God and we can talk about those things, but ultimately with 100% certainty, I cannot prove them to you, but I'll tell you what. You look at this, you look at the sky at night, you look at the starry sky at night, we might, maybe not in Modesto, for those of you that are, you know, coming down, yeah, man, you guys see stars. We look at those starry skies and maybe a thought might cross my mind, there must be a God. We look at beautiful nature all around us. There must be a God. I got to experience the birth of my kids. I don't even like kids. <laughs> but I love them like crazy. There must be a God. <laughs> Maybe there's a restored relationship that you thought was lost. A family, a friend. And you're wondering why today we have a restored relationship and there's forgiveness that has happened. There must be a God. I'm not haunted daily by pornography anymore. There must be a God. See, you have a conscience. You have something inside of you and it's a conviction that God is real. And yeah, some of you were like, well, that's not the answer I was looking for. But think about it for yourself because you have to make a decision, right? And the Bible shares a couple things on this, I think. Genesis 1.1. And I love Genesis 1.1. It, it has been shared multiple times, but I love Genesis 1.1 because it doesn't, it already knows that the idea of God is planted in our hearts already. It doesn't start with, hey, there's a God. We know this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Is there any explanation? No. 
or attempt to prove God in that statement? No. It's only a statement as though God planted the idea of God already in us. That idea of God is already in you. But what about atheism? What about skepticism? Well, I'll tell you what, I I love recovery because a lot of times we come in here at our wit's end and we're hurting and we're we're looking for answers. And we're going to point to you tonight that Jesus is is, is, is the ultimate answer. What about atheism, skepticism? Well, I'll tell you what, that same individual met with terminal illness They might be calling out to God. Maybe they're in a bad spot. Maybe they're having a loss of relationship. Oh, God help, God help me comes to us all. Whether you choose to believe him or not, make a decision tonight. Today's acrostic is called turn. And so, um, T is for trust, and you're being asked to trust, to have a little bit of faith tonight, that there there must be a God. See, some of us have some major issues with trust, don't we? This whole idea of trust makes me cringe. See, some of us have major scars from parents or kids or loved ones, or friends. And you might be telling yourself, Josh, I can only trust myself. But that within itself, how's that working for you? Trusting in yourself. I can't trust anyone else. I'm just going to get hurt. Well, we trust in some things. Have you... uh, gone up a mountain where a road is like really, really narrow and this real, like this RV or this truck that is driving so slow, what do you want to do? <laughs> right? Pull over. You, you. Okay, so as you're driving up this hill, you're wanting that person to pull over or to let me pass so I can go. Well, when you're rounding a corner and if the person in the RV is waving their hand and you can't see what's ahead of you, what are you doing by going out there just by seeing the waving of the hands? What are you doing? You're trusting to to a stranger. You're trusting a stranger. You're trusting that that fast food you had today or yesterday or this week, that it's not going to make you sick. You're trusting that when you're in a car intersection, that this car over here that has a red light, that they're actually going to stop. Do we trust? Absolutely, every day. Every day we trust. Today, we are asking you to trust God at his, at his word. Not my word, but his Trust in the substitute that God provides for you and I. And that substitute is his son, Jesus Christ.
Our next acronym today is actually our scripture, I think. Romans uh, 10.9. Some of you might, might be looking at your own life and going, I've really wrecked up my life. And I want this whole forgiveness of sin thing, a right relationship with God. I, I want those things. But Josh, you have no idea what I have caused to everyone around me. But remember the greatest love story of all time is God will take you right where you're at. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Romans 10, 9 stamps it clearly. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Does it say, if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and fix up your life and make sure you make amends to everyone and make sure, does it say that? It does not. That God chooses to love and take you right where you're at. All the dysfunction, all of it. U stands for understand. And I want to highlight this section and trusting in your own understanding. This has to do with our question in open chair group tonight. Trusting in your own understanding. How's that working for you? Is that voice in your head leading you toward reconciliation, humility, trusting outside of self, discovering your part in the dysfunctional relationship? Or is that voice leading you towards bitterness, hopelessness, resentment, blame, victim mentality? Where is it leading you? Trusting in my own understanding is why I'm here. And maybe that's why, maybe you're discovering that's why you're here. Is because we convinced ourselves that that drink will give, will give me peace. We convinced ourselves that that pornography use will give me peace that I desperately need because I feel worthless. I don't want to feel worthless, so I'm going to go do something else to feel better. Leaning on my own understanding is why I'm here. And I'm hoping that each one of us will understand that. Understand here the story of Jesus Christ coming down from heaven, sacrificing himself for you and I is because sin is serious. And we minimize it, don't we? Oh, God will just forgive but God straight up gave his son because it was that serious that those people down there, they can't save themselves. I need to do it for them. And I'm going to give you my very best. I'm going to give you my son to sacrifice in your place and in mine. Sin is serious. Let's not minimize it. Let's not act like, well, God will just forgive me when I'm there. 
God put it plainly and clearly in the Bible, if you confess your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved, right? That we must, Jesus says, as he walked this planet, he said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one gets to, to the Father except through me. Jesus is pointing to who? Himself. And that's the decision that you, you and I all face. Are you going to choose God's answer? See, the Bible calls this out, doesn't it? The Bible straight up says no one is righteous. No one is seeking after God. No one truly fears God. We all fall short, don't we? See, the standard to get right with God is Jesus Christ. Because you and I are not the standard on our best day. And that's why it's free. Because I'm no longer the standard. That God loves me no matter what junk I have done in my life or will do in my life. Don't get trapped in the same, in the in the self-saving trap. If I was to interview people at the mall, if they believed in God, and if they believed in God, how, how could you get to them? I could almost bet, and I do a project with that with my students, and so many answers come up with this. I'm a pretty good person. I'm a pretty good person. I'm not that bad of a person. Well, what's the standard in order to get right with God? Perfection. Anyone meet that? <laughs> Denial. Let's go back to step one. We'll go back to step one uh, in about nine, ten months or so. <laughs> Or, or a step study. One of, one of the two. <laughs> Romans 12, 2 shares. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. But let God remake you so that your whole attitude of mind is changed. That's what we're looking to do. To trust in the Son. To understand that sin is serious and I need a substitute. And that I, I too need to repent of my sins because I'm a sinner. And maybe you are too. Let God remake you and give you a new life. This new life is not me trying to be the standard of being right with God. It's strictly because I have the Son in my heart and that makes me right with God. Trust, understand, repent. Will you begin tonight by starting a relationship with Jesus Christ? That is the question that is asked of you tonight. In Romans 3, 20, 22, shares this. 
Now God says he will accept and acquit us, declare us not guilty. If we trust Jesus Christ to take away our sins, imagine a courtroom here, right? We die, we're in a courtroom and the judge is sitting there, who's God? And we are faced with our own life and our own deeds and what we've done. And if I'm sitting there without the son, I've got no hope. But if I'm sitting there and I've put my faith in Jesus Christ, then the judge will look at me and go, not guilty. That is the greatest love story of all time. that no human love can compare to. Because we go sideways when our spouse does something to us, don't we? We do those same things to God all the time. But yet God chooses to forgive it. Chooses to accept us. Chooses to invite us into a, into a relationship. Today we're faced with a couple questions and, and we can go to the next slide here or a couple statements. I want to remind you with turning over our lives and wills. Step three, we made a decision to turn. A decision. Make a decision tonight. If you haven't made a decision, you need to make a decision. We made a decision to turn over our lives and our wills over to the care of God. That is the step that is being asked of you tonight. Two things. Two aspects to this step. Turning your life over to Jesus Christ is a once-in-a-lifetime commitment. So if you've done that already, hey, brother, sister in Christ, I love you. I'm part of the family too. But maybe there's someone in here hurting without hope and have never put their faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe tonight is that night. And you just do it once. Because remember, you and I are not the standard of what makes us right with God. It is fully Jesus Christ. And we just piggyback on him. The second part to this is turning your, your will over to Jesus Christ requires a daily recommitment. And so for brother, brother, sister, I'm right there with you, right? We, we've given our lives over to Jesus Christ. But man, we go sideways a lot, don't we? Are you ready to make a decision? Have you realized that you have a sin issue? Are you ready to trust and confess that Jesus is Lord and the scripture puts it with a childlike faith. Running open arms because Jesus is waiting to have a relationship with you. And I'm not going to sugarcoat this thing because once you accept Jesus Christ in your heart, it, it doesn't necessarily all just change the circumstance. I might still be faced with decisions that other people make that are out of my control. 
And so I hope that you're making a decision because forever is a long time. Isn't it? You may not understand it completely and that's okay. Repent of your sins. And all that is is just saying, I'm sorry. Humble yourself. Begin a life resting in his grace and not your own understanding. Trust in this love story that never changes its mind or is based on emotion or feeling. Just truth. And so the decision time is made. Will you choose Jesus Christ tonight? I'm going to pray right now. And brother, brother, sister in Christ, if you do know the son, would you pray? <laughs> because we're looking for the Holy Spirit to move right now. Would everyone bow their heads and let's pray. Lord, this room is filled with hurting people at times. And we've tried to come up with all the answers. We've tried all the self-help stuff. We've tried everything to, tr to try to fix a marriage or fix a relationship or fix myself. But I keep trying to find the answer in myself. And Lord, maybe there's one person in here that's starting to realize the answer is not in themselves. The answer is in your son. And if someone here tonight is willing to accept the son into their heart and life and confess that Jesus is Lord, would they internally pray this prayer? Pray it with me. Lord, I'm a sinner. And I have rebelled against you over and over and over again. But this great love story is what I need. Forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry, Lord. Would you come into my life and make a new life there? In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I'm not going to ask for hands or anything like that, but if you prayed that prayer tonight, please, please don't go home and keep that to yourself. That is the greatest decision of your life. So please, whether it's an open share or right after this would you, or during um, uh, the cafe time where there's dessert, please tell someone that I accepted Jesus Christ in my life today. But please, if you're a new believer tonight, would you not isolate? Would you be a part of the Christian community? Because this whole Christian journey is not meant to be walked alone. Okay. So would you walk with others? Our question for today, and then Scott, are you coming up? Come on up. Um, am I doing it? Okay. Our focus question. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, uh, how has relying on my own understanding caused problems in my life? So that is our focus question in our open chair groups. Have an amazing uh, discussion there. Would you stand with me as we say the serenity prayer together? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you'll make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen.